You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. Phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. We don't have any new callers today. So let's go ahead and start with Uncle Rico. Good morning, Ryan. Morning. It's Uncle Rico. Going on. Still running behind my podcast, but I got things to say. Mm. I never know what I'm... (laughs) I always have things to say, and then when I call, I never... Makes sense. Oh, dang it. Did it again. Hold on. I always click off of Google Voice and go do other stuff, and like it just refreshes every time the first time. Now I don't know why it keeps doing that. My apologies, Uncle Rico. I never know what I have to say. I have stage fright. I get it. Anyways, I think I should change my name from Uncle Rico to Aaron Rodgers Hater. Oh, no. Is that wrong? We're not going to do that, Uncle Rico. I really think Aaron was holding the team back. Not that, you know, now all of a sudden we're this... Dynasty, but anyways, he was holding the team back in so many ways, and I think one of the ways he was holding the team back was his power over Lafleur to let Lafleur do what Lafleur can do. I think Rogers was a bitch, and I think oh boy, Lafleur was kind of a even bigger one for letting Rogers push him around, but. Either way, that's done now. I think LaFleur is manning up. He's learned his lesson. He's figuring out that he can, you know, do what he needs to do. It's like, I mean, you know, obviously, hopefully, as love gets better and better, that he doesn't become a weenie. You know what I'm saying? I get it. Got and, uh... I don't know. There was some other stuff. Oh, the draft. Yeah, this whole, you know, I mean, it's kind of on the wayside now, but trying to lose games to move up in the draft, it just really bothers me. I mean, sometimes the third pick is better than the second pick. A lot of times the fourth pick is better than the second pick. The tenth pick is better than the second pick. I don't know why anybody would sacrifice anything to move up a spot or two or really bothers me. I think anytime you trade a pick, that's a potential superstar you've traded to get a potential superstar. And they're, they're just potential. Keyword, potential. All right, dude. Rico out. Love y'all. Bye. Yeah, I mean, without getting too uh, negative toward Rodgers, because, you know, he's... Phrase of the week, I guess, is his flowers. He's he's due his flowers for what he did for the organization and whatnot. But obviously, I'm not happy with the way he conducted himself down the stretch. But suffice it to say, I think it's fairer to recognize that the path the Packers have taken, although maybe not every single possible turn was correct, you know, maybe you could have released earlier, maybe the contract, maybe this, maybe that, whatever. Overall, though, The Packers have made the right decisions when it comes to the quarterback situation. Drafting Jordan Love seems like it was the right decision. Things could change, but as of right now, it seems like it was the right decision. Moving on from Rodgers looks like it was the right decision. Now, however many reasons you want to put behind that, whether it's because he was a biatch, as you put it, or or 
simply because he's getting older and and you know we need to move on to a plan B or because Jordan looks like the answer or whatever the reason is it looks like it was the right decision and again it was the right decision for Rodgers too he didn't want to be here he wasn't happy here and i'm sure that did negatively affect the green bay packers organization obviously which made it even more reason to move on from him but he didn't want to be here and he loves new york he's he's mr hollywood now he's not small town green bay guy he's big time he wants to go to the big parties and the big events and the big concerts and the big sports things and be with all the big celebrities and probably hanging out with big time politicians and who knows what else he's doing out there. But that's that's what he wants to be doing. He's got a lot of money and I mean, he can't even spend that in Green Bay. Like, what's the most expensive thing you can do in Green Bay? I have no idea. But in New York, you could, you know, no problem. Here's a couple grand on a little event and that's nothing for his net worth anyways. But, you know, it's just that's just how he wants to to live his life now. He wants to enjoy the finer things. And um, so he gets to do that. He loves New York. He loves the energy out there. He's happy. He enjoys the Jets organization, the people there. I mean, although a lot of the people that he likes there are now gone. But still, there, there's a few left that he still likes. And the, the players he's built relationships with, many of them very young for the record. Just figure I point that out because, you know, I had made the point that it's kind of silly to say that you can't do things with younger guys and whatnot, and I was told that was stupid, but, um, you know, just saying. But, look, Packers did the right thing. Rodgers is happy with the way things have gone. Um, There are some differences of opinion that are strewn throughout, but everything seems to be working out, at least for the Packers, things are working out. For Rodgers, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's happy one way or another. Whether his his career is going to end the way he wants it to is up for debate. Uh, things don't seem to be going great for the Jets, but who knows? Maybe 2024, things will be fantastic if Rodgers comes back and he can stay healthy and they can get him an offensive line. Maybe they can go on a run. Heck, maybe it'll be a Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers Super Bowl. To be honest, I would not be mad at that at all. But um, it doesn't matter. Packers did the right things. Packers are in a great situation, and uh, everybody else's problems are everybody else's problems. Ryan, what's up, my friend? What up, man? Kyle from Madison. Oh, the wonderful week to be a Packer fan continues. I, I wonder if this is happening to some of the other listeners. Like, so all my coworkers that are either Bears, especially Bears fans, um, but also Vikings fans, but especially Bears fans. And I think part of that is because they feel like we are having the season that they right. 100%. were sure was coming for them. And it's funny too, because in my opinion, the Vikings were always a better team than the bears, but Vikings fans had lower expectations than bears fans did. I mean, I, and I know I can't speak for everyone. There are, there are negative bears fans and there are overly optimistic Vikings fans, but just from my perception, that's just, that just hasn't been the overall picture that I get. It's just, you know, Vikings fans tend to be more borderline pessimistic, if not um, realistic. And Bears fans are just out of their freaking minds. And um, I don't know. It's just, you're, you're absolutely right. It's like, you know, Bears fans really thought that they were going to go on a run. Vikings fans are struggling, and they're just kind of like, yeah, you know. I mean, honestly, we're doing pretty well, considering we don't have our quarterback. And uh, the defense looks great, which is great. And, like, honestly, this has exceeded my expectations. Like, it's crazy. Like, okay, cool, man. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I could see that, I guess. That's, that's fine. But all, all, the, all my coworkers that are fans of those teams, they don't want to talk about it. I mean, I've never seen them this avoided about the Packers before. I mean, I was asking, yeah, what'd you think of Love last night? I know, and I know they're watching the game, and they're just, oh, I don't, I had other things. To yeah, do. oh yeah, yeah, I was busy I was that busy, day. You know, I've got a life. I, I, I could. Dude, they, they were pacing in their living room as that game was firing up. Man, they were, they were up. They were doing jumping jacks. Guaranteed, they were watching it like, "Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna get him." <laughs> they were so, so excited to see the Packers get the crap beat out of them. And yeah, oh yeah, they they had they were busy. Bull crap, they were busy. Watch that stuff, yeah, right. Totally <laughs> watching it. It's just great, man. Um, the reason I'm calling though, <clears throat> I was wondering if you could use your SIS 
computer there. Oh boy, you're and just asking take a, a peek lot. at where we are with the motion, motion. Um, pre-snap motion this year. I mean, we talked a lot about it this summer when the play callers podcast came out, and I know we were all really curious to see like, does that go up? It was already quite high from a league okay. standpoint, if I recall. Um, but you know, just watching, I have really loved what they've done with with the motion. And I don't ever remember seeing until this Chiefs game that orbit motion type of thing, pre-snap. I mean, they're putting tight ends in it. I want to say, was it, was it Pearson? Was it the fullback doing the orbit motion? Really interesting. And what a difficult um, situation it, it seemed to create for the defense. Um, but I'm just curious where we are this season because it feels like, I mean, and I'm not not counting or anything, but it feels like we're really doing pre-snap motion on a lot more plays than we have ever before. So maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. Um, and maybe you can, can let me know. And then I was just wondering if there's any correlation to the productivity of the play um, that has the pre-snap motion. Like are our plays with motion doing better or are they using that to mostly set stuff up in the future? All right, buddy. Talk to you later. Let's see what I can find out here. Um, so this will take me a little bit of a minute. I thought I had more stuff here in terms of specifics on motion. I thought I remembered reading that, like pre-snap or whatever. Um, but I don't see it. I, I see that there is motion. There, There is jet motion, but that's not what we're looking for. So I guess what I can do is I can look at total plays and then I can look at plays that are in motion and then we can look at um, percentage. So here is what we're looking at. Um, there's a couple things. Number one is pre-Matt LaFleur. Then there is Rogers matt LaFleur and love Matt LaFleur. So the biggest, most massive difference, obviously, is going from Mike McCarthy to Matt LaFleur. McCarthy in 2016, 17, and 18. Um, actually, I can go back to 15, but I didn't. But it doesn't matter. You get the point. And yes, 17 was Hundley, but it really doesn't make a difference. The percentages were in the mid-20s. 26%, 24%, and 25%. Then, in 2019 with Matt LaFleur, it jumps to 42%. In 2020, when the Packers were at their best, it was 51%. Then it went back down to 47 and then down to 43 so at its peak, it was 51%, 50.53. But it hovered kind of around, let's see, what is the average for the Rodgers? Let's just do the averages here. So with Mike McCarthy, at least toward the end, it was 24.85% motion. With Rodgers, Matt LaFleur, it was 45.88%. Right now with Jordan Love, it's 53.1%. So that is the highest. It's higher than Rodgers' highest year, which was in 2020. And it's significantly higher than the average. So 25, 46, 53. So there is much more motion. Now, to your question of success, let's take a look at the success here. Um, how, what would be the best way to look at success? It's tough to say because on one hand, it would be success compared to the norm. So for example, Aaron Rodgers generally is this successful. But when using motion, it jumped to this like as a percentage. But I'm just going to look at just overall. Let's just do that because it's, it's less work, and I'm not sure it's not the better way. And I've used enough brain power as it is right now. I'm done. My brain is tapped. Just did this whole stupid thing, but I accidentally went with play action instead of motion because I'm stupid. Here's what we're going to do. Points earned per play. All right, we're, we're going to go through all of them. Uh, points earned per play. Points above average per play, EPA, positive play percentage, points above replacement, war above, blah, 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 blah. Points earned per play. Jordan Love is fifth. You got 2016 Rodgers, 2020 Rodgers, 2019 Rodgers, uh, 2018 Rodgers, and 2023 Jordan. Points above average, it's almost identical. Uh, positive play percentage, um, Jordan Love again is fifth. Points above replacement, Jordan Love is fifth. Boom percentage, Jordan Love is fourth. And then bust percentage, Jordan Love is seventh. So motion is actually quite bad. I, I Play action, though, <laughs> he was like one of the best. He was uh, number two in almost every category behind 
Aaron Rodgers. So the motion actually is not helping Jordan a ton. Um, and we'll see where it ends. Obviously, the first half weighs him down quite a bit, first half of the season. But play action, I, I was actually surprised how high he was um, just overall. But like I said, almost every single category, he was number two, only behind 2020 Aaron Rodgers with play action. So he's crushing it right now uh, with the old play action for sure. Motion, not as much. It's not helping Jordan. Um, it's not helping him more than Rodgers. Let's put it that way. Anyways, why don't we go ahead and take our first break? We'll come back and hear from Mr. Goose. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Everyone else can hear it, too. It seems to be coming from the Great Lakes region. And it sounds like the warm and gnashing of teeth of millions of wild bears and Viking fans as they realize the Packers have done it again. They found another generational talent at quarterback, and we are going to trash on their skulls for the next 15 years with glee because they are trash organizations, and we are not. And they will always be trash, because trash can only produce trash. <laughs> so, here's to... I don't know, man. There's some, uh, some green people out there that turn garbage into, like, uh, shoes and stuff. You know, like, turn plastic into shoes or something. I don't know. I wouldn't wear it, but I think it's a thing. But anyways, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Another 15 years of... Outstanding quarterback play and a team that truly sticks to a process and does things right. If we're patient with them, it pays off. Go past it. Little tough to hear you, Goose, but you were on a roll there, so I wanted to keep it. Uh, I wanted to keep it going. Hopefully, you could understand what he was saying. Uh, bottom line is everybody's everybody's crying because the Packers are good. They did it again, and uh, hippies make shoes out of garbage. So I think that about covers it. Appreciate you, Goose. Hey, Kyle from Madison again. What's up? Hey, I'm just listening to uh, After Dark here. It's, uh, I guess it'd be the Monday night, Tuesday morning show. And you're talking about the locker room and the change in kind of the way the players react to the coach. And I think it's a great observation. I actually think it works both ways. 
Um, if you remember earlier in the season, they, they would show LeFleur on the sideline. Man, it looked like he was going to cry. I, I mean, he was crying one halftime, I remember. But, but like, his face, it was just like, oh, I'm sad. Nothing's working. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you know? And I think it works both ways. Because I think as these young players have rewarded the coach, and as it got very real very quickly this season, and, and, and it became apparent, I think, to everybody, hey, job's on the line here for real, you know? And so I, I think it worked both ways. I think as the players paid off the coach's trust, it was like a positive snowball effect. And I, I mean, and you saw it. I mean, you could start to see it against the Rams, and it just kind of built until, you know, that Lions game. I mean, the floor is just on the sideline like some kind of, psycho killer. I mean, and he's not all pouty, whatever, if things don't go right. I mean, he's just screaming. He's dropping F-bombs. And in the post-game footage, kind of from the Rams game on, it's been totally different. His demeanor's been different. Um, the attitude's been different. And I also keep thinking about when he said, I forget the game now, but uh, when he ran the ball, gosh, which game was it? He was trying, we were trying to kill the clock, and and he didn't pass. He ran it. And, I, and he said in a post game, I made a mistake. I'm not doing that again. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to let love do his thing. I feel like that was a real turning point also in the trust. Because since then, I mean, he's really been letting the quarterback make the decisions um, in big spots. And it's really paid off. But, uh, yes, I agree with you totally, though. The mojo is totally different. Um, the team seems to have resilience. And belief, and you know, maybe, and maybe this is unfair, but I'll say it anyway. Maybe some of that was Rogers' kind of too cool for school thing that he would do, and we got a little taste of that still from Bakhtiari this year. You know what I'm saying? Like they didn't want to buy into all the happy horse blank. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But like, you need that stuff. You need right. that stuff. That's part of the coach's bag of tricks. If you got older players poo pooing it, it's not effective. So I think the young locker room and. They've heard a lot of this stuff for the first time, and it's working. All right, buddy, let's go pack. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. I think, you know, I, I do think Matt LaFleur kind of took a backseat to Rodgers, um, which is, you know, more a Matt LaFleur problem than an Aaron Rodgers problem. I mean, you you got to step up and, and fill that void that's there for you. Um, and I just think it was kind of tough for him to kind of, and, and, you know, maybe part of it, too, just to maybe give Matt LaFleur an out here, was he wanted the players to kind of fill that void. But I think the players need a strong um, a strong leader at coach. You know, yes, you also need a player-led locker room and all that stuff. But that doesn't mean you don't have a coach that fills a certain role. And, yeah, I don't I don't know, man. It just, it just felt different. And I feel like Matt's kind of leaning into it more. Um just I, he's 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 just putting out something that I don't remember seeing from him. Because you're right, it's not just the players reacting to the same old speeches, right? It's not like Matt seems the exact same, and all the players are extra fired up. Matt seems extra fired up, and the players seem extra fired up about it. But I mean, it's just it's all coming together, and that's great. And again, it's it's part of the reason why I'm excited about the team moving forward because it needed a new identity, it needed some new energy, and they're figuring out how to do that. And that includes Matt LaFleur, kind of figuring out how to lead this new young team. And it's it's fun and exciting because, the like you said, the young guys are much more um, willing to buy into that kind of stuff. Whereas the old guys are like, yeah, that's cool and all, but it's kind of lame with the whole rah-rah stuff, you know, but whatever. These guys are all in. Man. They're, and, 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 and again, it's like, it's, it's different when you're, you know, Rodgers and Bakhtiari and all that, and we've been down this road. Like, going to the playoffs is not a big deal. We can talk about the Packers' legacy and what we've been doing for 30 years. These guys haven't been here for 30 years. They haven't even been Packer fans for 30 years. We probably got more Bears fans than Packer fans on this team, I mean, in terms of historically growing up. This is all new, and all they knew is they came into this season and they were just not a good football team, and nobody believed in them, and nobody liked their quarterback. Like they, they don't, They're not a part of a team that has a historic quarterback that everybody respects. That's not the situation that they're in. So it's the way we all view the team is different than how these young guys view the pers or what their perception of this team is. And so when they start to beat teams like Detroit or beat teams like the Chiefs, the belief is different. 
it's man, we can really do this. We can take on anybody. And it's even different than like when we did it with Rodgers, because that was like, yeah, we've been to the playoffs before. That's no big deal. You know, we got to find a way to do it. And all that history of losing and all that stuff, you know, in, in big games, that doesn't exist either. And you got these young guys that don't have doubt in the back of their mind. They're, they're just like, we just took out freaking Goliath. We can do whatever we want. And they believe it. It's a big deal. Hey, Kyle again. I'm, I'm listening to all this discussion over these stupid penalties or non-penalties or whatever, and I'm hearing you talking on After Dark, and, and everybody, I'm sure, shares my frustration with that, considering how big of a story. For for the same media that just, I mean, the Aaron Rodgers situation and how dumb Green Bay was, according to the national media and all that, that was such a big sports story. And then now you have what the Packers just did, and it's like, no, we're just going to talk about this, how how aggrieved the Chiefs were. Like, give me a freaking break. However, here's why you should just enjoy this and love that they're doing this. I think we found out that our quarterback, I'm not going to say he, he's not petty, but dude keeps score and remembers. Because yeah. now two weeks in a row in the postgame, after the Lions, he said, yeah, we had this one circled, you know, they punched us in the mouth. And after this game, he said, you know, I've, I've had this one circle. I've been waiting for it. Um, so he remembers. And I think, I think getting slighted like this, you know, the, the coverage isn't there. I don't know. I'm pretty sure the players pay attention to that to some degree. Um, so, you know what? I think it just fuels the team. And I think we're kind of learning that love, he, you know, he likes to get his revenge. And I'm all, I'm here for it. So as disappointing as it is that the media has chosen such a stupid, stupid thing to cover on all their dumb shows that nobody watches anymore, um, I think it just helps us because I think we're learning that, especially our quarterback, uh, is in, in some way powered by like revenge. I don't know if that's the right word, but he remembers Keith's receipts and it seems to, uh, fuel his game a bit. So. Anyway, talk to you later. Yeah, it's probably a um, really important attribute of good football players and especially quarterbacks in general that doesn't get talked about enough. I mean, Brett Favre had it. It manifests itself in different ways, but you know, Brett Favre, when he got ticked off, was the last guy on planet Earth he wanted to mess with because he was going to shred you. Aaron Rodgers, we know about him historically with the whole chip on the shoulder thing. And sometimes it kind of manifested itself in ways that weren't you know, wasn't everybody's favorite, but um, still, I mean, he he could be freaking lethal. And I, and if this if this is a Jordan Love thing, I love it. I love it. I mean, how could you not? If if we beat the Chiefs and the Lions on the back of Jordan Love just being super pissed off, that's freaking awesome. Because <laughs> like, you know he's never not going to be pissed at the Lions, Bears, and Vikings because we're rivals. That's I mean, the same with with Rodgers when when he freaking snapped in the end zone. And was saying, I own you. I mean, that's that's just, that's hatred. <laughs> and that's why he never lost to the Bears. So, yeah, I mean, if this manifests itself in such a way that, like, let's say we go to the playoffs and the Eagles beat us. And he just big time circles that and is like, I can't wait to get back to the postseason. I hope we play the Eagles. And we get in there and see the Eagles and he beats the living crap. I mean, that's that's a great thing. So, um, you know, and Tom Brady had that kind of stuff. I mean, these guys just, they have that. They have this just psychotic obsession in general. But then there's just this next level of, like, I'm, I'm always working super hard. But when I see you, I'm going to lose my freaking mind, and I'm going to do nothing else but obsess about embarrassing you and destroying you. What's up, Ryan? Hey, Aaron from Eau Claire. And, um... I was listening just now to your PFF grades for the win over the Kansas City Chiefs. And um, as I was listening to you talk about the wide receivers and how well they've done, um, it it just got me thinking, is Brian Gutekunst like an absolute genius of a general manager? (laughs) Because I don't understand how this is happening (laughs) It's insane to me how 
like a number of our first round talents have basically been unavailable. A number of our blue chip players have been unavailable. And yet the talent depth is strong enough throughout the team that it's not making that much of a difference. And if anything, some of these uh, draft picks from all rounds, including undrafted, including free agents that they picked up off the street who were kind of no-namers, are just contributing to the point where, like, I don't know, does he just have a freaking genius mind for talent? Is it, you know, that plus the coaching staff as a, I don't know, it's just crazy. Um, obviously, you know, we're only reacting to the last four weeks of play, uh, but to see the consistency of, of these players, I don't know. I mean, Brian Gutekunst has got to be feeling really good right now, especially with all the people who criticized him for taking Jordan Love. I mean, that decision at this current moment is looking like a freaking genius decision because not only did you get Aaron Rodgers to get pissed off and play the best football of his later career as a result of that, but you also uh, planned for the future. You also transitioned at the right time away from Aaron Rodgers to where Jordan Love was ready, and now it looks like all of that stuff which was ridiculed during various moments by so many people. I mean, if Jordan Love turns out to be the player we've seen the last few weeks, Brian Gutekunst, is go- he's got to be looked at as an absolute genius of a GM. Like, if Jordan Love pans out the way we're seeing him now, it's game over. The jury is out on Brian Gutekunst. He's brilliant. All right, that's all. Yeah, I mean, and again, Packer fans need to recognize how ridiculous what's happening is. We have lost so many players, and we have we're, we're getting better. Look at the Kansas City Chiefs for an example, and it's it just goes back to the whole you know, like I said, what was it uh, today's podcast or whatever with the Bears? Like you're not a victim. This is your own freaking fault. The Kansas City Chiefs. It's like, well, what do you expect them to do? They don't have any receivers that can catch. Right? Whose fault is that? Whose fault is that? Who who told you that you had to trade away Tyreek Hill, number one? But second of all, how many how long have you had to rectify that situation? And what have you done? I mean, Rasheed Rice is looking like he might be an answer, but apparently it's not good enough because everybody's still making excuses of, well, they don't have any receivers. Whose fault is that? Who told you to go pay a billion dollars to go get MVS? Who told you that was a good idea? That was dumb. Sky Moore. Failure. Complete, horrible failure. You you are the one that has the obligation to rectify this. You could have gotten... I mean, they, they drafted a first-round running back who's not even hardly playing because he's not good enough to play. This is, this is a repeated Super Bowl champion team. And I've said over and over again, they're not drafting very well. And it's like, oh, how dare you? They're a Super Bowl. Yeah, because they got Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid. They don't draft particularly well. They lose a wide receiver and they can't, they can't overcome this. They don't know what to do. Look at how many teams just for years. I mean, the Baltimore Ravens for years have been trying to get wide receivers. They can't do it. First round, second round, over and over and over. They've tried free agency over and over. The Bears over and over and over with... Free agent after free agent after free agent after free agent. Then, you know, eventually they spend a billion dollars on Allen Robinson and that works for like a year or two. And then they that falls off and then they move on. And then, you know, they got to give up a first overall pick to get DJ Moore. And, oh, wow, that actually is working despite there being zero, um, absolutely nothing impressive about just buying guys that are good at football. But it's just, it's just, it's, they, it's hard to do these things. Teams struggle over and over again, and, and teams, they lose a player here or there, and they're just done. They can't do it anymore. And here the Packers lose player after play. I mean, you lose David Bakhtiari, the offensive line doesn't skip a beat. You lose Aaron Jones, the offense continues to get better. You lose Musgrave, it continues to get better. 
I mean, we lose Christian Watson for a large portion of the season. We lost Josiah Aguara. We, we just we lost everybody. The offense continues to get better. We lose Jair. We lose Razul. We lose Savage. We lose Ford. We lose Stokes. The defense gets better, right? Because we got guys like Valentine and Ballantyne and Owens and Johnson. Like, I, I just, like, who are these freaking people? We lose linebackers and McDuffie comes in. We lose Watson and Wicks emerges. We lose Jones and Emmanuel Wilson looks great. And then he gets hurt. And it's just, it's just a never ending revolving door. And some of this is a credit to the coaching staff. No, no question about it. But you have to have players. You have to have guys that can execute. And I just think that they do such a good job of not just finding great talent, but finding the right talent, finding guys that fit what Matt LaFleur and Joe Barry want to do. Not just finding linebackers, but the right linebackers, not just corners, but the right corners. Because that really makes it a lot easier because if you just, if it's just a matter of finding elite players, there's just not enough in the draft or free agency or anywhere else to, to fill a team. But if, if you find just the baseline minimum, what do you need just to, to do your job and, and run the sort of scheme that you have? Can you just do these things? Can you just do these couple things well enough? If you can, we can kind of squeeze through here and do an adequate job, you know? And that's when you end up with sort of a bend, don't break. Like, it's going to be ugly, but I think we can get it done. It, I mean, it just, it, it is worthy of praise. That's all there is to it. It is very impressive. Hey, Ryan, what up? What Hope up? you're doing well. Um, it's Victory Tuesday, um, because every day is a victory when you're a Packers fan. <laughs> but anyways, um, so thinking about the past with Aaron Rodgers, I don't want to come say Jordan Law would win, whatever, but in the past when we had Aaron Rodgers at quarterback this upcoming week against the Giants, is a game that I feel like we would lose. Um, because there's kind of this mentality of, oh yeah, it's the Giants where the Packers, we, whatever, um, they're not taking it quite as seriously. Whereas this team that we have now here in 2023 going into the 2024 season, this team, it feels like they don't think like that. This, these guys are just going to go out there and do what they do and win or lose and whatever they do, that's enough. But, so you take that perspective after the Chiefs game, after the Lions game, after the Chargers game, and then the week before that, where it's like we probably should have won, but it's like you take this building up, like, growth that they're having, and put them in with the mentality of just, oh, we're just going to go do our thing, rather than looking at it like, oh, it's just the Giants, whatever. That mentality this year it's going to go crazy. Um, but I mean, any given Sunday, but at the same time, it's just like they've proven that there's no team in this league that they can't beat. And they're not looking at it from the perspective of as much who they're playing, but as more of this is what we can do. We got this. And as you've said in the podcast, like this team just feels different. Because it, it's a completely different team, and there's full buy-in, everyone's loving it, and it's just... I'm, I'm so excited for Monday night, um, because I'm still living in this shadow of this Chiefs game, and it's, everything's great. Um, anyways, peace. Out. Yeah, and that's part of what we got to figure out, right? I mean, the game hasn't happened yet. We might end up losing the game. Um, you know, I'd mentioned before about like learning about this team we don't know their you know we knew about the Aaron Rodgers teams we knew about their tendencies we knew when to get excited and when to get nervous right you know Lions game Lions suck but we better be nervous the uh, Bears game freaking we got this you know uh, after a bye you're nervous and I'm not saying all of it is Aaron Rodgers I'm just saying like that unit we kind of we kind of knew when to be excited when to be nervous and whatnot and we don't know that with this team I mean prime time hasn't been an issue um Handled their business against the Lions in very convincing fashion. Beating the Chiefs, I think, was incredibly impressive. And in in just the way that they win and the way that they lose and different things like that, it's we're just learning the 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 highs and the lows, right? The the whole like first half, second half thing was like a weird, it's not really a thing much anymore. At least I hope not. I hope it's not a first half of the season, second half of the season thing. But um 
you know, we'll see. We get we got to see what happens with the Giants. I mean, there's there's a question of like, will they lose these types of games? There's also a question of because the Packers a lot of times would play down to their competition. In other words, they'd beat the Giants, but not really convincingly. Um, they'd win by maybe seven, eight points or whatever. But you know, while other teams, you know, like historically Buffalo was a great example. They'd face a team like the Giants right now, or some hapless team, and they'd beat them forty to to you know fourteen or something. The Packers didn't really do that. They weren't that type of a powerhouse that just put their throat on your their their throat their foot on your throat and just just pressed. And so that that'll be kind of an interesting you know again number one win the game number two please don't look bad like just continue to look like this team that that can play that's good that's that's a you know worthy of being in the playoffs et cetera et cetera. But number three, if you really want to impress me, be that team. Really don't just beat them, beat the crap out of them. Because that's just another, you know, sort of calling card of a truly elite team, like the Chiefs or whatever. Like that's, you know, even the Eagles, et cetera, et cetera. Like Dallas, they'll do that kind of stuff. Are we that kind of a team or are we just going to kind of skate by? Because, I mean, it just, it always felt, you know, that was sort of the cardiac pack thing, which I know was more of an 80s thing. But even during the Rodgers area, it, it really felt like every game was down to the wire. They were so unbelievably stressful. It was either, either there was a comeback, usually if it was a better team, we were the ones that led the comeback. And it was this amazing but scary game. And if it was a bad team, usually we would go up with a lead and then we'd start falling apart, right? Our offense wouldn't score as many points. Our defense would start letting down and you're scared like, dude, we're about to lose this. And we'd tighten up right at the right time or kick a game-winning field goal or something just to put it away. And it's like, oh, geez, that was closer than it should have been. So we get to learn a little bit more about the Packers once again this week. Hey, Ryan. I just realized something before I called back. Um, so Jordan Love is on pace to hit 4,000 yards, right? Mm -hmm. And he's well on the way to getting 30 touchdowns in the season. And I just realized who we play week 18. And (laughs) as we've said before, that no Bears quarterback has ever hit (laughs) 4,000 yards or 30 touchdowns. So can you imagine if in Jordan Love's first season, as the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, he goes, he, he's playing the Bears. and He gets his 4,000th yard and his 30th touchdown against the Bears. Oh, my goodness. So puts up his 30th touchdown and goes over 4,000 yards against the Bears in his oh. first season. Oh, that's nasty. That's nasty stuff, man. That's vile. How dare you? Wouldn't that be great? That's sick. I think so. You're sick. I, I, I think so. <laughs> Anyways, just thought of that. Um, so hopefully that happens, speak it into existence, but let's go. Go Pat, go. You are, reminds me of that, uh, (laughs) of course, scene from the office when, uh, they're trying to, Dwight and Ryan are trying to figure out what to do about Jim and, uh, Ryan's like, okay, have you ever seen Saw? It's like, yeah, I well, there's a whole seesaw joke, but he's like, yeah, I saw the movie Saw. What, what about it? He's like, we should do what they did in Saw. <laughs> like, just sadistic. That's what you are. You're sick, Aaron. You're sadistic, and I freaking love it. Why don't we take our final break? Um, before we do, though, I got to give a shout out. Forgot to do this the first time around, but Sharlin, uh, I couldn't pronounce your last name if I wanted to, but I'll, I'll keep that private anyways. But Sharlin, thank you so much for um the merry christmas donation really really appreciate that that means a lot um again patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy if you want to support the podcast on a monthly basis you can do so for as little as one dollar a month it really really helps the show um or as charlin did hit me up on venmo at packernet podcast we'll take a break we'll be right back daddy hey Snacks, baby. What's going on? Here you go. I'm sitting in a parking lot waiting for my youngest daughter to finish basketball practice, and a few things came across the brain that I wanted to throw your way. First off, did anybody else, I didn't, from what I've heard from your podcast, I don't know if anybody said this yet or not, but did anybody else have a hard time going to bed after that game? Yes. I mean, I just kept. Going back to the game or rewinding it to certain points, I mean, that last touchdown drive, the sequence, 
I just kept watching that fourth down pass and then the pass to Watson in the end zone and just getting all giggly like I was, <laughs> you know, three years old and somebody gave exactly me ice cream or something. Mean. It was just, it was amazing. And, and you know what, man, all the, I, uh, we moved to Nashville from Chicago a little bit ago and I love listening to Chicago sports. Again, everybody moved to Nashville. What, nobody told me that we were all moving to Tennessee. Nobody told me that. Nobody bothered to let me in on this little thing. Like, there's going to be a resurgence of, like, Packer people in Nashville. We're taking this freaking place over. It's going to be, like, Green Bay South, but it's warmer and cooler here. And uh, we can still come up and visit because it's not super far. Um, You know, go to games or whatnot. Like, nobody felt... Fine. You know what? Fine. I'm sorry. It's my fault. I told you I was antisocial and I didn't like people, and that's all true. But it would have been cool... To if somebody would have let me know that we're all moving to Tennessee. All right, just saying. Talk radio, um, especially ESPN, like Waddle and Sylvie and Yurko, the former Packer and Carm and whatever else. I just like listening to them because you know they'll they'll spend the majority of their time talking about the Packers, given the state of the Bears and whatever else. But sure. um, you know, a couple of those guys were saying that that fourth down pass. He just heaved it up, and it was just kind of lucky and just a miracle that it landed where it did, and that just drives me nuts. I mean... Yeah, look, I mean, th- there there's always going to be somewhat of an element of luck, but look, at, at the end of the day, there are certain quarterbacks that can do that more consistently than others. There's also the decision to do it, and, and you know, I mean, if you watch that again in slow motion, he's able to get, he's able to keep his eyes where he wants to throw it and get through his entire throwing motion. It's not as though, I mean, listen, if he if he had gotten hit as he threw it, then yes, it's pure luck. But he is leaning backwards, gets through his entire throwing motion, and puts the ball in the absolute perfect spot. To say that there is zero chance that any of that had to do with skill is not accurate, right? I mean, maybe, maybe it's luck. Maybe he does that out of 10 times and it hits once. I don't know. But, I mean, it was a skillful, skillful throw on a day in which he had some unbelievable throws all throughout, including like the very next pass, which was, as some people have said, his best throw of the year, which I wouldn't necessarily disagree with. So I'm fine saying like, you know, there may have been an element of luck to that, but to pretend as though there was no skill involved and it was all luck is nonsense. I get it, but you got to give credit. I know it was off his back foot and it was fourth down and, Maybe he did kind of throw it just to give it a chance, but that ball could not have landed in a more perfect spot. Yeah. And if you need any more I don't know, substantiation of his accuracy, the pass to Watson, that's, I would argue that's probably the best throw that he's made as a Packer, right? I mean, it's got to be close. Yeah, that's exactly um, right. But anyway, I was just, I, I just kept watching all that stuff. My, my wife, came walking through the family room to go to the kitchen to get water at like 1230. And I was just still sitting there watching TV. And she looked at me like I was a lunatic, <laughs> which I clearly am. But, you know, that that was uh, I just thought that was that was something I haven't felt like that in a minute. Um, and then the, the other thing, and, and I know I was talking about sweet baby Nixon, but how cool was it when uh, LeFleur gave him the game ball? Yeah. And he got it and then sounded his barbaric yawp and just flexed and screamed, and then the whole team was screaming and yep. got around him and whatever else. And I just, again, I know I keep saying it, but, man, the vibe and the, the unity and the mojo of this squad, and they're just building on it. It's just, it's really cool. And it may not amount to anything, like, really, really huge in the end, but I feel like this season's already a success. I really do. We yeah. found out that Jordan's the guy. You know, our young talent has stepped up, and we can believe in him. And I just, I think that there's that. And that leads me to the next. Good timing. Three minute monster got him. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm with you 100%. I don't need anything else from this season. I don't need a single thing else. Um, I don't need the playoffs, honestly, but, you know, there has to be a playoff because we're going to lose what we have right now if we end up missing the playoffs. The, the only thing we need is to maintain what we have. What we have earned uh, this year, what we have acquired this year, is a next quarterback in line you know i'm not i'm not going to try to rank him because it's unnecessary he's good enough to not only be a starting quarterback but a really good one you know just like you know herbert probably has never been the number one probably never will be but he's a good quarterback tua same exact thing 
Dak. Say, you know, I mean, I don't want to say Dak. I don't take that back. Uh, you know, it's just he, he has that ability. Now, whether he's kind of on the lower end of that, where it's, you know, sort of, if you want to call it Jalen or Tua or whatever, or if he can end up being like a Burrow, like legitimately probably the best quarterback in football, I don't know. Just going through that draft class, which is ridiculous. But I, I, I don't need anything else, right? Just tell me that the quarterback is solid. We've got some really great players, you know, maybe not Devontae level, but we got some solid receivers and Musgrave looks good and Kraft is coming along and the offensive line could use some tweaking, but like they're solid and we got a good GM and a good coach. And like, this is going to be a playoff team and a Super Bowl contending team for a very, very long time. I don't need anything else. Again, I'll take the playoffs because we have to go to the playoffs. It's it's impossible for us to maintain what we have now and we miss the playoffs. Like something went wrong and we have to lose something. But, you know, if we get in and lose, freaking whatever. You know, it is what it is. I got more than what I could have ever asked for from this season. So I'm with you. Snacks part two. Sorry, it's a limit. But we know Bakhtiari's gone, right? I mean, his contract, whatever, that's coming off. Yeah. He's out. Yeah. And now with Jair, I mean, I love Jair, but with what's going on this season and him not playing, and you figure there's got to be something going on with him and Lafleur because it seems to me that like Lafleur is not ecstatic about him not playing, but the team is is unifying and doing all these things without him. And I just wonder. I mean, I, I love Jair, and I, I don't, I don't think I want him to go, but. I don't know. I mean, his contract is so expensive. If these guys keep doing it and keep building, like, is it possible that he's gone? I don't know. I, I don't know what I think about that. I, I don't really have an answer either way, but it's something that I've been thinking about more and more and more. Um, and as I said before, I'm clearly on the McDuffie train. I want him in now and Campbell to sit. I mean, that's that's got to happen. So that's it, man. Man, I still feel good. Just, it's awesome. This is just awesome. All right, brother. Have a good night. Well, I could definitely see McDuffie taking over for Campbell. Not that I think it's going to happen, but that one is seems more realistic to me. And I, I know I'm I'm on the pro Jair side much more than a lot of other fans are. Um, I mean, he just he he has that Devonte level ability, and that's where it's hard to just let him go, especially with the contract. We just paid the guy, so there's there's going to be complications there as well. But even just leaving that aside, you know, Valentine and Valentine are are not Jair. And there have been good games, and they've been able to weather the storm and and whatnot. But I just I don't think they have that next level ability, and and we haven't seen that ability necessarily from Jair. But I just think we're talking about entirely different categories of people, and I just cannot let go of a guy like Jair because we have a seventh round guy that hasn't been a disaster. I just I can't get there. We'll let it continue to play out. We'll see how it goes. Things change over time. I um. I can't get there. You know, it's like Rashawn has some rough stra- stretches. I, I'm I'm not going to replace Rashawn with, uh, you know, Kingsley when he was on his little tear there for a little while because, you know, may, Rashawn's too much money. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I can't do it. it. It There needs to be like a massive amount of evidence that Jair is terrible and quit on the team and Valentine, it's not just a fluke and he's just kind of doing good enough to weather the storm. Like, he's legitimately a great corner. Like that's where we'd have to get. And I'm so far from that right now that I'm not even interested in having the discussion, to be honest. Daddy. What up? Facts. Uh, hey, just one other thing. Um, how great is it watching or hearing about all the news that's coming out of New York? Uh, Boyle getting cut. Right. Um, you know, Rogers saying that the organization leaked news about Wilson and that the organization is trash for doing it and then goes on the Mackey show to say exactly that. And uh <laughs> Lazard and I mean it's just the whole thing, man. I mean everything about it, Amos all that stuff, man, it's I I mean, I really loved Aaron Rodgers, man. I really, really, really did. And two thousand ten was one of the most fun years. Ever. I mean, that Super Bowl run, I, I will never, ever, ever forget it. And I thought it was going to be one of these things where we were just going to have that kind of fun for the rest of our lives until he was done. And years and years and years went by and awful playoff games and getting smoked and that Seattle game, God, it just didn't, he played awful that game too, by the way. Um, 
anyway, it, it was it was time for him to go and not to get too much into that, but it is really fun mm-hmm. to watch other people have to deal with that nonsense and right. the charade. And him getting on the air every week. I mean, he's got to go away, man. And I, I hate saying that because I will forever be grateful for anything he did to this favorite part of the franchise. But it's just, it's it's too much. And I'm so glad that we don't have to deal with it. Yeah, that's it. Later, buddy. Well, again, I'm pro-drama. I'm all for it. I'm I'm fine with Roger staying in the spotlight and continuing to talk. I still like some of the things he says and dislike some of the things he says, like, is true with just about everybody, obviously, but, um, you know, I, it, let's be honest, people like you and I have deserved, have earned the right to gloat a little bit. We fought a pretty long, fierce, intense battle with people who thought that the Jets were on the right side of history, that Rodgers is on the right side of history, and the Packers are stupid and wrong and did everything wrong, and um, look at the Jets now. They made the decision to acquire Rodgers. Was that a good one? And again, you can't pretend like the injury thing was completely random and there was no way to know that that would happen. That's nonsense and it's untrue. It, it, it was destined to happen. That's why everybody said it would happen. The odds of him being able to make it to 65% with that offensive line were low. Now four plays. I don't know how many people could have predicted that, although I feel like somebody did, which is kind of weird, but anyways. um, And then, yeah, I mean, what, what happens? they, do that thing where they go out and get all Rogers buddies, right? And of course, Jets fans at first thought it was great, thought it was wonderful. There were a bunch of Packer fans who said that we should listen to Rogers more. Obviously, Rogers would know. And I'm again, I'm sitting here fighting the good fight. Like, no, the GM is the GM, and the quarterback is the quarterback, and the quarterback needs to shut his mouth and rec- recognize his role is not to be the GM because he's not a GM. He's a quarterback. Throw football, stupid. That was my position. And now where are we? How many times did Rodgers advocate for somebody to come back and we were like, man, that was awesome. It didn't happen. He wanted Jordy to stay. How did Jordy do? He wanted Cobb back. How did that go? It doesn't go well. Then he leaves. What does he do? He brings along Lazard. He brings along Cobb. They they hired an offensive court. Like they did all of these things. They brought in Boyle. I don't know if that had to do with Rodgers or not, but it's another connection. And what happened? And Billy Turner. Billy Turner's a disaster. Lazard was a healthy scratch. Cobb isn't playing. Boyle's already got like everybody's gone. Amos, right? He went over there because boy, we're gonna win. We're gonna do great things. We're gonna do all that. They they cut Amos. He's gone. The entire Rodgers experiment. The Jets were geniuses. The Packers were idiots. And now the Jets are in complete despair. They're in a downward spiral that is out of control. Inside the organization is just complete and total turmoil. They don't have a present. They never had a future. The the Aaron Rodgers investment was never about the future. It was about winning now. The now thing blew up in their face. The future thing is worse than ever. And the Packers are on their way to the playoffs with this horrific draft decision of Jordan Love carrying the team on his back with victories over the Lions and the Chiefs. So yes, I think you and I, Snacks, although I want to try to be as cordial and polite as I possibly can, and I want to open up the door and say, guys, come on in, let's just celebrate, let's have a good time. I think we've earned a little bit of of, uh, of goodwill. I think we've earned the right to gloat a little bit and say, you know what? I effing told you, and you all spit in my face. I had to fight and grind and swing and just, it was such an absolute grind. It was hell fighting with people, fighting with Jets fans, fighting with Packers fans, fighting with everybody that's just out there in general that has an opinion, like Pat McAfee, who said that Brian Gutekunst is basically a freaking moron, but the Jets GM is is like a genius. That's already been proven. Like, all just a little nonsense. Everybody was in on the Jets. Everybody loved the Jets. Everybody thought the Packers were going to be trash. Everybody said Jordan Love was going to be garbage. You know what? We've earned the right to make these comments. Just is what it is. Try to rise above it. Try to be a better person. I'll do the best I can. But you know what? A toe to so. All right? How about that? A toe to so. Got a couple calls from Steve in Alaska. Let's hear from uh, Stevie Boy. Hey, Ryan. Steve up in Alaska. How's it going, bud? Good, how are you? Um, just finish listening to uh, the, would be the Monday night, Tuesday, I was to Tuesday, but sure. the uh, Packing Up podcast. 
And, you know, I listen, and I'm agreeing with everybody else on the fact that the whining and complaining by Colin Booth at the end about those calls, especially the Hail Mary play, um, it's just ridiculous. I, I don't know why they get into it. Matter of fact, uh, if we're being honest, Collinsworth specifically, if we're to have a, a game where he's going to be our, our, our play-by-play or our color commentator, you know, do all that stuff, what I do is I'll go over to the, the Packer site yeah. and um, I'll put on the radio uh, show for, for the game so we can listen, so I can listen to uh, McLaren and The Rock and right, uh, right. I think they got John Coon on the sideline is the sideline report. It's like a, it's usually like a couple of seconds off. And I think they're usually a couple of seconds ahead. So I got to pause the game for a second or two and then start it up. And I can listen to them call the game. And I ain't got to listen to Collinsworth. Uh, I ain't got to listen to his bias because he, you, know, you can always tell who his favorites are. Any game you listen to him do a commentator, right, be the right. commentator for, you always know. The player that he players well, especially when it's the Chiefs, and and granted, everybody had to deal with that when Rodgers was the Wonder Boy, and when Brett Favre was uh, obviously gushed over by John Madden. I mean, we've we've had that over the years, and we may have it again with Jordan. But yeah, as a Packer fan or as a fan of another team, I don't want to hear your freaking bias over your Wonder Boy, um, Pat Mahomes. I just I I don't want to freaking hear it. The team that he likes the most because he kisses their butt the whole entire game, yeah. and I hate listening to him. Yeah. Um, so that's what I do. If anybody cares, I just listen to our guys and just stream in their sound and just let the, the game be on. I don't care you know, some of the stuff that they talk about isn't the same. I'd rather hear our announcers talk about our team yeah. and what our team's doing than listen to some sycophant suck up to a bunch of guys on the other team. Um but I remember going back to the uh, the pass interference in the end zone. I, I don't know why everybody made such a big stink about it. I don't know why Collinsworth made such a big stink about it. I happen to remember what was it about ten years ago ish, eight ten years ago when it happened to us against the Seattle Seahawks. We threw a hail mary up. Their guys blatantly shoved our play, our receivers out of the way, and we lost that game. I think it was the year they had the uh, the replacement official. Nobody went. Ate crap about it. They didn't change any rules, uh, and that was one where they, with the uh, the replacement officials, that was the game that got the replacement officials out because that wasn't their only mistake. They made horrible mistakes, yeah. all that. But that was the big one that got them out. But they didn't change any rules. So if it happens, it happens. You just you just gotta deal with it. It's you know three flies up. It's everybody's ball and everybody's fighting for it. Um, so yeah, those that those are the two things I wanted to call about because I, I just I think it's we're on the right on this and they're all being a bunch of crybabies because they really want the Chiefs to win. You can right. again, Collins, he can always tell his favorite. He wants the Chiefs to win. Right. He likes Mahomes. Three minutes, but uh, I yeah I agree, and I I just the whining is nonsense. My only issue is as you said the the radio is ahead. If the TV was ahead, it would be easier to kind of pause it. And maybe you can pause the radio, too. I don't know. I just would worry that the, the game would I, – I don't know. I'll, I'll have to try it sometime and see if I can get it to sync up because I would love to be able to do that. Of course, I love the radio calls, but I just – I have to watch it on TV, and I cannot listen to the radio and have them tell me what happens three plays before I see it because I watch it on freaking Hulu, and it's, like, ridiculously behind. I usually don't do this, but – I had uh, some side note. I was pretty much done at that point in time. I was, at the end of that, I was just rambling on. But I just wanted to let you know, Ryan, um, Christmas-wise, I know uh, I know how you are about your, your food and your goodies. Uh, I don't I don't buy presents. I, I bake goodies to send to people. Yeah. So I figured I'd just let you know what I'm making since uh, I'm in the process of doing all that stuff, and I was taking a break from it. Go nice. to town. I got to get some stuff. But uh, this year, I made uh, chocolate peanut butter crunch fudge. Mm. I made uh, brownies with chocolate chips and walnuts on top. There you go. Uh, I'm making chocolate chip cookies, of course. That's the standard one. I make iced oatmeal with uh, uh, dried blueberries. I'm going to make mint candy cane twist. So it's a candy cane shaped cookie that's twisted red and white with a little bit of white chocolate sure, on top. Sure. Yeah, I'm good. making triple dippers. They're, they're a toffee crunch cookie that got two or three different types of chocolate dipped on the outside. Um, trying to remember what else I got here. Oh, I'm making homemade Oreos, and there was one more. What was the other one? You already make that one out here? But I think that might be it. I feel like there should be one more cookie that I got over here. 
But either way, man, I just wanted to let you know because I know you like hearing about food stuff. Mm-hmm. So I have, like, piles of cookies and chocolate all over the place. This is a rough time of year if you're looking to see, watch your waistline. But, uh, <laughs> all right, go, Pat, go. Let's, uh, let's take it to the Giants. Monday night, man, we got a, we got an extra day to get ourselves prepped. And, oh, no, I forgot. All right, whatever, man. I got to go. Cars <laughs> out there, man. Bye. Well, you know how to, how to end the show, that's for sure. Give it up for the fat boys. <laughs> so I just got access to Grok, which is uh, Elon Musk's AI. Been playing with it today. It's it's. I appreciate it. I really do like it. Um, very, very good for up-to-date information, which is what it was supposed to be, because obviously it's Twitter. It has very up-to-date stuff. Google is supposed to be good at that too, but I haven't really been... I, I just don't like it for whatever reason. I don't know. But I did ask for some recipe ideas, just, just to see what it could come up with, some Packers-themed recipe ideas. And one of them, if you felt like it, it they uh, they called it the cheese head dip. It says, this warm, gooey dip is perfect for sharing with friends on game day. Start with a base of cream cheese, uh, add in sour cream, then shredded cheddar and mozzarella cheese. Put in diced green onions, I would not do that, and a few dashes of hot sauce. Serve it with tortilla chips, crackers, or sliced vegetables if you're a raving psychopath. Could try it out. I don't know. I don't know if it's any good. Maybe this AI is an idiot. I don't know, but it sounds good to me, minus the onions. I might try it. I might try it. Anyways, I'm going to get out of here. You guys have a good rest of your night. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.